those young people that tend to stay connected to the church and not just stay, but also flourish in their faith tend to be marked by having multiple adult believers investing in their lives. Mm. And so when when I came across that and our team came across that, we, we started asking a question that we had not asked before. I mean, we, we started asking this question, how can we get more adults connected with more young people more naturally than ever before? That was Tony Souter, founder and president of 100 Years, commenting on the importance of connecting the generations. Welcome to Engaging the Generations, a bi-weekly podcast of ElderQuest Ministries dedicated to conversations about cultivating intergenerational relationships that reflect the true nature of the body of Christ, where every generation matters, every generation is valued, and all engage with each other in meaningful and purposeful ways. Today, I'm pleased to uh, have on our program good friend, Tony Souter. Tony is the founder and CEO of 100 Years and creator of the Pray For Me campaign. He's one of the few people who has been intentionally committed to this intergenerational relationship building for some time, I guess since 19, or since 2014, if I'm yes. correct in that, right? And has literally yes. seen uh, tens of thousands of such relationships happening in the U.S. and sem- several other countries as well. I can't think of a more qualified and committed person for our podcast launch than Tony Souter. Tony, I just want to thank you for being on our program today. I'm glad that you're able to do that. Absolutely. It's a joy to be able to spend some time with you, Kevin, as always, but all, but to be able to talk about the importance of intergenerational relationships, um, you you just cut me and that's what I bleed. So I'm I'm excited to be uh, with you. (laughs) Cool. But before we begin our conversation of how you've been creating those kinds of intergenerational relationships so successfully, um, how about taking a few moments, share just a little bit about yourself personally, you and your family or whatever you want to share. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, I am, um, married to my bride of 37 years and we, um, very known her for 42 years. So we were, I was calculating that the other day and I, I was, <laughs> Because uh, it was her her 60th birthday the other day, and we were kind of putting together some some uh, a book, a blessing book for her from different people writing notes to her. And uh, when I was writing mine, I was calculating how long we've actually known each other because we uh, kn- knew each other from our second, my second year of college, her first year of college, right. and um, but been married for 37 years, uh, very. Uh, gratefully so. And we have twin daughters who are 28 years old. Uh, both of them live here in Chattanooga. Uh, and one's a teacher, one's an artist. And uh, we've lived here in Chattanooga basically their entire life. We moved here in uh, when they were six months old. So uh, wow. I, I've had a history of being in youth ministry and working with youth leaders mm-hmm. um, through the years. And um, um, born in Valdosta, Georgia, and lived in uh, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, California, and in Tennessee. So, uh, got a chance to move around different parts of the country, but I uh, love being here in, in Eastern Tennessee, Chattanooga. So, 
Sounds like though you're primarily, except for that stint in California, uh, just good old Southern boy then, huh? <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is true. I think that, that uh, spending uh, that short stint in Southern California uh, took some of the edge off of my Southern accent. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. So, Tony, tell us a little bit about what started you on this journey to create uh, what ultimately became 100 years, uh, but really began with uh, the Pray For Me campaign. So what started you on that journey? How did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, in some ways it started when I became a, the, when I became a Christian, um, it, but not knowing that that's what was starting then. Um, but years later, uh, having been involved with youth ministry for 30 plus years and kind of looking at what's happening with young people exiting the church um, and exiting not just the church, but leaving their faith as well. Um, that, that was a startling um facts and, and, and startling statistics and research that's being done and, and being involved with the young people for most of my adult life, I realized that um, that's not what we want. We want people, young people that are trusting and treasuring Christ for a lifetime and to see them walk away from the, the Lord's bride, the church, and their faith um, is disheartening to say the least. And so um that was part of it. And, um, but then part of the journey was when looking at the research that's out there about young people exiting the church, but also it shows that those young people that tend to stay connected to the church and not just stay, but also flourish in their faith tend to be marked by having multiple adult believers investing in their lives. Mm. And so when when I came across that and our team came across that, we, we started asking a question that we had not asked before. I mean, we, we started asking this question, how can we get more adults connected with more young people more naturally than ever before? Right. Now, each part of that is an important part of the question. Um, we've always wanted more adults connect with more young people. Sure. Um, if everybody wants that and, and, but we all know that when you stand up in front of a church and you say, Hey, we need more volunteers in the, in the youth ministry, you're probably not going to get them that way. Yeah. They, they probably so, like a deer in the headlights kind of look for the right. is that. Yeah. Right. Um, for lots of reasons, but, uh, but we also realized that it, if we could figure out a way to naturally create these relationships, then because then we could transform what's happening in the church. Right. Um, because we, what we do know is this, Kevin, is that we know that adults care for young people. They just don't know how to get to young people. Um, or, they may be afraid, or they may be afraid and intimidated about doing that. Exactly. They're, I mean, a lot of times when somebody says, hey, uh, why don't you just talk to some student? They, they get deer in the headlights, like you said, because they, they, they don't know if they're going to be accepted. A lot of their own in, um, insecurities come to the forefront and and basically limit them and their initiative with a young person. And, and so we were trying to, when we started realizing that, we knew that, but we we started asking the question, well, how do we eliminate those barriers? And you, the process of, of getting to where we are with the Pray For Me campaign was just a a lot of digging deep and asking um, what are the barriers 
and how do we eliminate those barriers? And so um, one, of the, one of those barriers is the intimidation that a, an adult may have in engaging with the young person. And so that's why part of the, what we try to do with, with the Pray For Me campaign is either the student, the young person engages with the adult and invites them to be their prayer champion, or it's actually orchestrated by the church where they assign them together, but then they, then they still meet and they get to know one another. And so it, it eliminates the fear of, am I going to be wise enough, sharp enough, winsome enough, or anything enough to be able to win this young person over? Um, will they like my jokes? Will, will they, you know, and, and most of the time when you're, you're kind of cracking a joke with a young person and they, they, they don't laugh, it's because they're nervous. You know, they, a lot of times they're not sure, you know, how, how this relationship is supposed to go. Yeah, we, so, actually had a, we actually had a meeting with a group of students and 20-somethings uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. And, and the students themselves, the, the younger generations themselves, said uh, they, they were intimidated themselves. Uh, uh, they, they had these fear factors. Uh, are we going to be accepted? I do, am I going to understand their, their culture at all? And it was a great deal of a sense of fear from their part as well, not just the older, right. the younger. Yeah, exactly. So when we were first starting thinking this through, we realized that the adults care for young people. They just don't know how to get there. Young people love to be cared for by adults. They just don't know how to get there. Yeah. And so the Pray For Me campaign kind of bridges that gap um, yeah. because of prayer. Um, prayer, is, <clears throat> prayer is the the equalizer, so to speak. It makes it so that these relationships can be natural and can be uh, winsome, and it gets us further down the road relationally than trying to create uh, what we would typically think of as a mentoring relationship. So describe Um, for us a little bit how this works. How do do you make it work? How do you get students, for example, to reach out to the older adults with this Pray For Me campaign? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Kevin. One of the things that we do is when we are getting, when I say we're getting students to invite an adult from uh, three adults from different generations to be their prayer champions for a year, um, what I'm really saying is that we help them um, do that. Um, the, the church or the whoever's in charge, the youth ministry, the church, they're helping them. So um, if I was launching the Pray For Me campaign at a church, um, one of the, and let's just say we're, we're dealing with a, um, say, a 100-member church to a 500-member church, okay. um, you know, kind of mid, small to mid-sized churches, that then, then somebody's going to get up and say, hey, we're launched in the Pray For Me campaign. And what that means is we want every young person in our church to have three adults from three different generations to be their prayer champions for a year. And that's what we're asking. That's all we're asking. We're asking you to pray for a young person. If you're willing to pray for a young person, sign up in your bulletin, sign up in your Sunday school class, sign up wherever we sign up in our church. And so, um, and we're going to make it as easy as possible for you to be a a good prayer champion for your young person, because there's a prayer guide that has been developed to help you pray scripture for those young people through seven essential categories. Um, 
So we're going to launch this in four weeks. And what happens in four weeks is we're going to meet in the fellowship hall or the gym. And at that place, the young people will be there. You'll be there. And we will divide the adults into three groups. And the young people will actually come up and invite you, pick one adult from each one of those groups to be their prayer champion. And we tell the young people this, that everybody in the room is a yes. You can do this blindfolded and come out a winner. Uh, you don't have to be afraid that somebody's going to say no because they're there because they want to be your prayer champion. So you're um, not asking. So you're not asking the students just to oh, go out there and find three adults on their own. Absolutely not. Because the the problem is, Kevin. The whole reason, one of the whole reasons the the Pray for Me campaign exists is because young people don't have relationships with adults they wouldn't even have adults to go find to get right. do this unless they were their parents friends right which is not a, that's not a bad place to start but um but this makes it so that that this young person ha- has a a stocked pond so to speak to fish from okay um they're able to invite um from people that that are already committed to saying they're going to pray for them now some churches don't do what i just described where they don't set it up where the student's still inviting um, in that launch event. They, at their launch event, they, they've already assigned adults to those students. So does that, um, which is does totally, that work well? I mean, it, it's not as organic. and, and so it's, I mean, it, it's not as organic, but it does work well. I mean, what you, what you, in one sense, you're eliminating um, for – for some people that don't like angst, <laughs> they, uh-huh. they eliminate the the fear of, okay, for the adult, am I going to get picked? And when will I be picked last? And who wants to go back to, you know, middle school kickball um, and think that they're going to get picked last? Uh, nobody likes that. That's why we let the adults know that, you know, everybody's going to walk out of here with an, a young person to pray for. Um, but, but to eliminate that, some churches will go ahead and assign and it, it takes it just eliminates that first part of the process because once once the young person let's say the young person did invite one adult from each one of those groups then once they have their three prayer champions they get a pick their picture taken with those prayer champions and at least one of those prayer champions prays for them that day right there and so and that is a remarkable piece right there by itself Kevin um, I had um, a lady, a mom, come up to me uh, early on when we were in our first, uh, our, our first eight test churches, um, when we were just seeing, does this work? Um, this mom came up to me. She goes, you need to know this, Tony, that my daughter just came up to me with tears in her eyes and said to me, mom, they prayed for me. And, and, and mom jokingly said back, of course they did, honey. It's the pray for me campaign. And, and what, what was so startling to me and to the mom um, and so impactful for that, that daughter was that now this daughter has grown up in the church. She has parents that pray for her, with her, around her, um, but she had never been in a setting in church that somebody prayed that she did not know prayed specifically for God's favor and goodness for her life. Now she's been around people that have prayed for the youth ministry and young people in general, but to pray for Hannah and that God would bless Hannah and draw Hannah to himself and encourage Hannah when she's facing hard times. And, and what 
everything that that person prayed for her, um, it drove a stake in the ground um, for her. And, and really that's what we're, we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to create, use prayer as a catalyst, as powerful as prayer is for, for accomplishing God's purposes. It, it also is a catalyst for nurturing intergenerational friendships. Right. Right. Um, and it's because all of us, I don't care who, who we are, there's not a person on the planet that has not benefited from intergenerational friendships and relationships. And that's what, and that's one of the real challenges. And I think existing needs today. I mean, you talked earlier about the the number of young people that are leaving the church uh, or their faith. And, but those that have the relationships don't, but it's interesting that the church is one of the few places in our lives today where multiple generations come together in one place at one time. And yet we have never, we've never figured out how to do life together in that setting. We all do our own thing. But in, and of course it, it was easier, you know, decades and decades ago when we were, where there was more rural and, and there were smaller churches and, and people, um, there was everybody knew each other. Right. Um, and now it's, it's, there's, we live in such a mobile society that people come in, they disperse when they get to church, they, yep. they come back together to disperse when they leave. Um, and, um, and, and I'm not saying that the way we've framed it is all wrong. What one of the things that we're trying to accomplish with the pray for me campaign is how do we create natural and winsome intergenerational friendships that can be. Um, bring life to how we are doing church the way we are right now. I, and mean, I, love, fact is I love that. I mean, that's, that's exactly, I think what we want to see. Um, so I, when you talk about, you bring this, you have this big time together where all the generations come together and how do you get in, uh, that to happen? How do you motivate the older generations and the younger generations to come to such an event? Well, you know, part of it is we're tapping into um, some innate desires. Again, we know that adults care for young people and, and they just don't know how to get into that space where they're building these relationships. And so we're, we're creating something and are crafting something that allows them to have a relationship that they desire to have. They just don't know how to get it. And so we're tapping into that. Um, and so, and we're, we're also alleviating fear um, by saying that all we're really asking you to do is to pray. And here's a prayer guide that's going to help you do that so that you're going to be able to be equipped to do this one thing that we're asking you to do. Um, and so what we found is that people tend to, uh, you, when you start removing the fears, then they'll say, okay, I'll come, I'll be at that. And now reality is, is that we're mostly encouraging churches when the, to do their launch events um, on the, at the time when it's natural for the young people to be there. Okay. Um, like I said, so you're, you're eliminating again, variables. You know, one of the variables is if you're asking 
young people to go outside of their normal walking patterns to do this new thing. That's a bigger ask than asking an adult to say, hey, we need you to come to Wednesday night when you don't normally come to Wednesday night, but that's when all the young people typically meet. And so we're going to host this on Wednesday night. And it's easier to, it's an easier ask to get the adults to come to Wednesday night than to get the, the, the young people yeah. to go to some other time that accommodates the adults. Right. Um, and so we're playing into the fact the adults are adults. And so we're <laughs> helping them to, um, and again, they because they want to make a difference in the life of a young person, and we've already pitched that to them that they can make a difference through prayer in the life of a young person. Um, and and when they get there, um, it is is transformative because when they're there, and I remember I was I was in a meeting. Um, golly, it's probably been a couple of weeks ago now, but. Uh, we were talking about the pray for me campaign and how different churches are, are using it um, to build these, these life-changing intergenerational relationships. And this gentleman that I didn't know said, you know, we did that at my church. Uh, he's at a different church now. He goes, the, the church I was at at that time, we did that. And I remember the day we did it two years in a row, the two years I was there and um, we were in the gym and the adults were in different groups um, on the gym floor and the kids were in the bleachers and then they, they unleashed the kids and the kids came out and they invited us. And I remember the, the young man that came up and invited me to be his prayer champion. And the, this adult who's probably in his late seventies is looking at me and saying, you know, with tears welling up in his eyes because he was invited to be this young person's prayer champion. And, and then he started praying for him and, and they still know each other. Um, and so there's, there's something that oh, what, in some ways we're tapping into what God wants for his church. I mean, this is, this is, agree. Yeah. we're not pushing something uphill that, that this is n- not part of God's design. Intergenerational friendships and relationships are clearly at the heart of God's design when he says one generation will commend your works to another and declare your mighty acts. Right. He's designed it that one generation, whether it's our generation going to the next one or you know, the, the teenager that's investing in the kids behind them. They're, we're all designed, God's design is that we would, our, these relationships would be life-changing all throughout all generations. And obviously, that's not only Psalm 145, but it's Ephesians 4, too, when it uh, talks about the body of Christ, the church. Right. Uh, it's made up of all of these parts, which includes all generations. And, right. and we were to have that relationship where we're encouraging one another to not only, not only grow in unity, but in faith and, and uh, be able right. to fulfill the things that God has for us. Well, and I think that, Kevin, I think that one of the things that we forget when we get into our, um, and again, I, I don't think this is wrong, um, as far as getting into a, a groups that, that are all like our generation um, or uh, that were generationally segmented. The one thing that we forget is that um, how life-giving it is to be in a setting where there's multiple generations and you're interacting. Yeah. Um, last night I was in an intergenerational gathering um, that had, 
you know, a gentleman that's probably 84 or five years old, um, his grandchildren, uh, my generation, his son's generation, and my kids were there. So you've got this, but the, the life that was happening because everybody respected everybody that was in the room and we already liked each other. So that helps. Um, there, there's, and, but there, the young people were asking questions and speaking into the, the yep. entire setting and the older people were speaking into it. It was just life-giving. It was, um, I just, it just reminds me that it, this is what God intends. It is. I mean, even from the time of Moses, Moses made it clear. It's supposed to be that kind of intergenerational thing. And yet we come to that, we come, we've come to that place often when we, we feel afraid um, that we can't be relevant to one generation or another. And, and we're so focused upon what is different about our generations and we miss what we can share in common. I, when, I mentioned that meeting we had a few weeks ago and, and the students all said, we want those kinds of relationships with the older generations. We really want it. We just don't know how to make it happen. Tony, thank you so much for the insights you have given us today about the importance of these intergenerational relationships we all want. Unfortunately, our time has gone for this session, but don't worry, Tony will be back in our next Engaging the Generation session to finish up our conversation and give us some practical ways to implement the Pray For Me campaign in your church. You won't want to miss that session. I hope you will also invite others you know to join us next time for Engaging the Generations. May God give you a heart and a vision for connecting with those outside your own generation so that we might encourage one another to walk in the truth and become all God created us to be. I'm Kevin Harper. Until next time, may you be among those who commend the mighty works of God to another generation.